Welcome to Life After Childbirth. My name is Weslina Maxey and I'm an occupational therapist on an extraordinary path to change women's health and the care we receive postpartum. Join me as we grow together on this journey. Let's talk Life After Childbirth. What is work-life balance? I mean, supposedly, it's the intersection between work and personal life, right? The aspects of work, coworkers working in general, talking with others like your patients or clients if that's your type of work. Then, if you think of personal life, relationships, friendships, intimate relationships, doctor's appointments, cooking, having time for self-care, working on your yard, Think of all that. That's your work life. And trying to find that balance. And work can interfere with personal life. And vice versa. And add kids into that. What and how are we supposed to have any sort of balance? Is this even a real thing? Do people have this? Do you have this? Does anybody know what this means? I think I, think I have found this. But it happens in like spurts. It'll happen for like a week. I feel as though I have the, found the balance. I have found the rhythm that works for me and my family. And then bam, a kid gets sick. I have to cancel the housekeeper. And then the other kid has soccer practice. And we don't have dinner made for that night. And it comes to light that no one should be held accountable to withholding any sort of balance. Because quite honestly, it's fairly impossible You only have so much to give, and when one tips a little more than the other, it takes a toll. Kind of like your body when you, when your back is hurting, your pelvic floor might be taking on too much load, and vice versa. When your hips are tight, it might be because your pelvic floor is taking on too much load, or your hips are taking on too much load, and your pelvic floor is not working as well. I mean, we still have to figure it out though, right? We still have to figure out a way to survive. We do have to accept the fact that there's not enough time. There's not enough time for everything. But for each day we're trying, we are doing our best. We are doing great. And it's hard to think that when you don't feel like you are handling it all very well. But, you know, each day, this is something we've never done before. We've never survived this day that we're on. But we will. Tomorrow we'll be able to say that we survived yesterday and that we got through it and we did great and we tried our best. And sometimes our best looks different. I've talked about this before. Our best might be that we got our kids dressed that day and they, that's all you did. Um, And fed them, you know, because that's essential. But even if it's chips and crackers and ice cream, you know, sometimes that's our best. And that's okay. And sometimes we have it all together we get the kids dressed we get ourselves dressed we look good our kids look good everybody's happy everybody brushed their teeth those that morning and I have a full gas a tank full tank of gas and it's just gonna be a good day but some days aren't like that and that's okay to flip the switch here to it's impossible because damn does it feel like it sometimes majority of the time We have to find tools to help us. We have to figure out how to find occupational balance. Balance within all of our things, all of our activities that we do during a day. 
So you can start off with remind yourself what makes you happy. Do more of what makes you happy. Do more of that. Whether that's taking a bath with candles or reading a book, even if it's just 10 minutes worth. Or drinking a cup of coffee outside on the front porch. If it's sitting cuddled up on the couch with your dog or kids or lizard, whatever you like, whatever makes you happy, find that. Find a spot in your day to fit that in. And then go from there. And, you know, it's hard to say that, to make time for that thing that makes you happy. Because sometimes we think that the thing that makes us happy is something we don't have time for. But... Is it that we don't have time for it or are we not making it a priority because we think it should go on the back burner? It should be something that is a priority. And instead of saying, I don't have time for that, switch your sentence to, that's not a priority. And it might change your thought process on whatever you're talking about, whether that's making it to the gym or, you know, making breakfast for the next morning or reading a book or taking time for meditation instead of saying I don't have time for that say this isn't a priority and if that sits well with you maybe it's not a priority you know right now in my life or I'm hoping it is a priority soon but the last six months it hasn't been a priority to me to get to the gym And that's okay. One priority for me was to just move my body. But it wasn't a priority to go to the gym. And I didn't feel bad for that. It just wasn't on my list of priorities. And that's okay. I was, there was other priorities that took, that, that made me happier in the last six months. And that's nothing to be ashamed about. That's nothing that should stop you or make you think that you're not doing the right thing. There are things that are going to take priority and it might be different in six months that that priority comes to the top of your list. But it's ever so changing, just like life is. If you have kids, find a babysitter. I know. Trust me, I know. It's fucking hard. It's hard to trust somebody with your babies. It's freaking stressful. It's nerve-wracking, but you need it. You need it. You and your partner need it, whether you think so or not. With having to ask family members, there comes this guilt. So take that away. Find a trustworthy person. Interview them. No guilt in asking them because you're hiring them for a job. You're paying them. And who knows? Your kids may end up loving them. And look forward when you say, oh, Miss Whoever is coming tonight. Or Mr. Whoever is coming tonight. Me and Daddy are going to go on a date night. Me and Mom are going to go on a date night. Because they may end up falling in love with that babysitter. Which is great. They have that bond. With my husband and I, we try to do one once a month. And if you think about it, it's really only 12 dates a year. That's not much. Even if we think we don't necessarily need a date night or want to go do anything, we still go. Because even if we don't even have a plan, we just go. We go ahead and we book the babysitter and it's set in stone. We go no matter what. Even if we have a plan or not, we just go and figure it out. We either go eat, we went to a batting cage once, we went hiking once. You know, you just go. They Date nights are important. 
just a moment to have a conversation without someone needing their butt wiped or their drink refilled or, you know, like when your kid says, watch me, watch me, mommy, watch me, mommy, watch me, watch me. And then they clap or some shit. And you're like, uh, okay, great. Where were we in our conversation? Like just having an hour without being interrupted and actually talking about your day. Because I've noticed like me and my husband, we don't get moments to talk about our day or like get through a conversation without the kids interrupting us if we don't go on that date night. And then we talk about friends at work or things that happen that we forgot that happened because once you get home at night, you're just figuring out dinner. You're getting that ready. You're getting whatever needs to be done. But for the next day, you don't sit down and talk to your significant other. And then once you get the kids in bed, you don't want to talk about it then because you're fucking tired. You want to sit there either, you know, and just quietness or you put on a movie or a tv show which is fine like I love those moments with my husband where we don't have to talk about anything because it's just comfortable and safe and that's completely fine it just doesn't need to be what you only do with your significant other or with your friend or whoever date nights lunches day dates by yourself are beneficial as well now this one might not happen as often but sometimes That's like the gym for someone or going to get coffee at the coffee shop or going downtown and window shopping or even friend dates. Taking time for your friends. This I feel is the hardest for me. Or you know what? It's the hardest for moms. I feel like we don't feel like we have time. It's exhausting to try to schedule something and half the time when you do schedule something, one of your kids end up sick or that day you just don't feel like doing shit. The friends are good. Don't mind the slam door in the background. I'm not in my usual spot because, well, it's Christmas and everything is everywhere. So, but as I was saying, friends are good. I'm not the greatest at the friend thing. They do make you feel better. They are there when you need to share something and they don't judge you. And I say I'm not the greatest at the friend thing. Like, I just, I don't know. I think ever since I became a mom, it's been really hard to make time and to be consistent and a bunch of other things. I don't know if other moms feel like that or not, but if you do, you're not alone. Now, with this saying day dates, day nights, friend days, you know, yourself dates, people will tell you, We only have 18 summers. We only have 18 summers with our kids. Screw that saying. I mean, we're supposed to just put our lives on the back burner and our happiness away to prioritize our kids' needs and wants. I'm not saying your kids aren't important. not saying they don't deserve your all, but you deserve some too. My kids have learned about date nights, even mommy's girls' date nights. And this is okay. They know why. They know why we do them. They know we will be back. We won't leave them forever. And at first, it was hard. They would cry, and the babysitter would text us and be like, okay, they are upset. And, you know, sometimes we did come back early, and sometimes they couldn't get them down for bed, and that's okay. But with time, it did get a lot better. Now they go to bed just fine. It took me to a 
a long time to finally find a babysitter, someone I truly trust, and now I have three on my list. My mom didn't have babysitters. She didn't have occupational balance. She doesn't even know what balance is. She didn't have hobbies. She had work and her kids and her kids' activities. She had three girls. She had her kids' nutrition and her kids' problems. That's what she worried about, that and work. She didn't have any sort of an identity. And that shines bright now because she still has trouble trying to find a hobby. I'm not saying she was wrong for that. She was doing the best she could being a single mom. But what I'm saying is that she did deserve to have identity. She did deserve to have nights where she went out and had a babysitter watch us. And you deserve to have identity too. You deserve to have hobbies. Have time for you. For you and your partner. You and your friends. You and your kids. You are allowed to try to find that balance instead of Xing off hobbies or alone time to find that balance. You don't have to mark something off to find that balance with the other things. Nothing's going to be perfect. Each category won't be full at all times. Each cup won't be full. If you are able to feel that happiness or that hobby, it'll help you fill the other cups. Because like I said, nothing's perfect. But you have to keep yourself in mind and what you like and what your happiness is. Screw that superwoman shit. I don't want to be superwoman. It's exhausting. And downright, like I said, impossible. We shouldn't have to be. This shouldn't be the expectation. No one asked if we wanted to be strong. We just had to be, right? What women really need, what we really need is support, education, resources. So take the cap cape down, communicate your needs, learn to say no, learn to say yes to the thing that brings you happiness. Find a routine, create one, add in meditation, breathing exercises. It goes back to when I talked about daily habits, the book Atomic Habits, how to make something a habit. Make it part of your routine, just start it, even if it's just two minutes of closing your eyes and just being. Right after you've made your coffee or right after you peed in the morning, just close your eyes for two minutes. And then add in 30 seconds the next day. And then the next day, do three minutes. And just see if you can start incorporating that into your daily routine. And then six months from now, it is your daily routine. Start with date night every other month. Start small. And create space for that balance. It is needed. And it's craved throughout our life. Finding that balance. It won't be perfect. Nothing ever is. All we can do is try. And you're doing great. My goal is to reach as many women as I can to talk about life after childbirth. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please share on social media and let me know what you liked about it. If you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you feel persuaded to do so, leave a review so we can reach others and begin to talk more about life after childbirth.